How's everyone doing? Awesome. Uh, glad to have you here. Uh, we're going to have a good time uh, right now uh, opening our Bibles together. Uh, it's, it's, I always look forward to sermons. When I talk to people during the week and I tell them what we're preaching on, they go, oh yeah, I don't really do that. And I'm like, right on. We're going to have a good Sunday. Uh, so um, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. It'll be on the screen or if you use an app or whatever, um, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Um, but just to uh, back up a little bit before we uh, start talking, we're going to... Um, talk about fasting and for me this is kind of a uh, um, like we're not going to spend a lot of time just like in this text on Matthew um, for me this is kind of a fun one because this is an area of personal growth that God's been leading me through this year I've done my two longest fasts in my life uh, this year uh, two days <laughs> so that, I'm pretty much a spiritual giant and uh, <laughs> but it is uh, when I uh, up, up to this year, I wasn't allowed to fast by my own rule because it, it was like serious suffering, but not for me, for everyone else in my house, all right? Uh, because Daddy became rather cranky uh, when he wasn't eating, all right? And uh, Heather knows how to fix things and smooth things over at our house, and so we have a barbecue for that. So, um, but if you're... If you want some marriage advice, just eat more. Everything will be cool. But, um, but uh, so it, it really is, uh, for me, it's been an area where I've been growing and something that I've been participating in uh, more. Uh, and, I, and I don't say that to brag to you because that would be the opposite of what my sermon is going to be. But it is, I'm, I'm, I am excited about this. I've been excited for the last uh, few weeks as I've been studying this topic and, and reading about it and stuff like that. So, uh, so we're going to talk about it. And uh, if you afterwards are like, no, I'm not going to fast, and it's, uh, I would be disappointed. <laughs> so I'm disappointed because you're missing out. So, um, so we're in Matthew chapter 6, and this is the middle of what Jesus calls the Sermon on the Mount, all right? And uh, it's kind of uh, right in the middle of a sermon, and Jesus, this might be a sermon he gave over a couple of days, or, or maybe it's just like one sermon that he gave over a long extended time, but in chapter 6, he begins these, this kind of new thesis, and in verse 1, uh, this is kind of the thesis for these three things. He says this, chapter 6, verse 1, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, uh, for then you will have no reward from our Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is actually saying, beware of practicing your righteousness. And righteousness is, the simple definition, the right things you do with the right motivation. Because you can do the right things, but inside, in your soul, you have the wrong motivation, right? Or you can have the right motivation, but do the wrong thing. Okay, when, when all that comes together and you're doing the right things for the right reasons, that's called righteousness. And that's a sweet place to be, right? Uh, if you've been there, or we've all been there. And that's a, that's a, it feels good to be in that place. And so Jesus is saying, beware of practicing this, of doing right things and having right motivation in front of people just to be seen by people uh, because you'll receive your reward. If you just want to be seen, God will say, okay, I'm going to bless you by allowing everyone to see you doing the things you're doing. And then Jesus goes through these three areas, three areas of personal, spiritual, uh, discipline and growth that is just kind of expected, for, it's normal for everyone who follows Jesus. The first is a giving to the needy, alright, so taking care of the less privileged. Uh, the second is prayer, and the third is fasting, alright. So this is the, uh, the three areas that Jesus is saying, don't practice these things so that everybody sees you, but practice them uh, in secret so that God can reward you so you don't receive the reward from everyone else. This is what he says about fasting, uh, verse 16. Um, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, 
For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. And I'll explain that. Uh, that, you, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but your Father, who is in secret. And, our, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Sorry. Um, so, Jesus is saying this. When you fast, first of all, and this has been the same thing. When you give to the needy. When you pray. When you fast, alright? Fasting is normal for a person who has a relationship with God. Okay? Now, if we looked at our culture, fasting is not normal. Right? And I don't mean like the world. I mean in the church. Okay? If you tell someone, hey, I'm fasting, they're like, oh, I feel so bad for you. Right? Uh, and what the response should be is, I feel bad for you, right? Because this is what a normal relationship with Jesus looks like. Uh, this word normal is a bit, um, I don't like it. And you can laugh because you're like, yeah, because you're not, right? But uh, it, it, normal is this fake thing that we all chase, right? Like, I want to be normal. But you don't actually want to be normal, okay? I think that's kind of a lie. Um, I think that's a temptation that people fall into, being normal. Please don't be normal, all right? Like, there's plenty of people who are normal. Who needs more normal people, right? Uh, we need extraordinary people, okay? Never have you turned on the TV to watch a normal person, right? Never, all right? You always watch weirdos. So, um, and that's what TLC is, the weirdo channel. They just spell it wrong, okay? Uh, it used to be about learning. Now it's about watching freaks do freaky things. So, um, but that's what we want, more freaks in our culture so we have better TV. So, um, <laughs> but there is, a, when we're um, talking about what this normal is, we're trying to chase this thing. When you go through something that's difficult, you're trying to figure out what's normal in the situation, right? You get the bad news or you get the great news, you fail or you have wild success and you're like, so what's normal? What's normal for someone in my situation? Uh, and it's this false thing that you're trying to find. So if you're trying to find what's, what's normal Christianity and you start looking at the people around you, you're not going to find normal Christianity. If we want to find normal Christianity, if we want to find a normal relationship with God, we look in the Bible. Because the Bible describes a normal relationship with God. The people are an attempt at that. All right? And the people, and especially uh, with honest Christians, the people fail at that on a regular basis. Like if you just took my life as what it means to follow God, the whole church, worldwide universal church, would be screwed up, right? It just would be. Uh, they would all struggle with the same things I struggle with. And so what we need to do is look at the Bible, because the Bible is right, and we are an attempt at trying to live out what it is. So, Jesus says, when you fast. So it's an assumed thing that this is normal, you're going to fast. And in his culture, in the Jewish culture of the day, fasting was incredibly normal, alright? The hypocrites that he was referring to were actually uh, a band of, a group, a religious, legalistic kind of group who were Pharisees, and they fasted two days a week, alright? Uh, I think it was the second and the fifth day, alright? And when early Christians had this um, discipleship book, it's called the Didache, uh, or Didache, depending on if you've just read it or ever heard someone say it, and uh, you can look it up online. D-I-D-A-C-H-E. Uh, chapter 8 verse 1 says this. Don't fast like the hypocrites do on the second and fifth day. Fast on the fourth and sixth day. 
<laughs> right? The early church, this was written before like the year 100. The early church was trying to be uh, new and were the new thing God's doing and what they did was change the days and were exactly as legalistic. It's hilarious to watch. Like if we think we've got it together, Okay, we've never had it together, okay? The church as a group has never had it together, okay? But, uh, so it would be normal for the people Jesus was talking about, these hypocrites, to fast on two days a week, all right? And we'll talk about what fasting is in a little bit. Uh, but this is what they would do. And so when Jesus talks to them, he says, don't be like the hypocrites who disfigure their faces. And this is always a favorite thing of mine. Uh, when, when you see, I don't know, um, when you sing, when I sing, it's kind of a happy occasion for me, not for the people who can hear me, but it is a happy occasion for me, all right? I love singing. But my second favorite thing is to watch people worshiping who look like they're dying, all right? Uh, and I had a good friend. He didn't live in this town. It was in a town I used to live in years and years and years ago. And when he sang, and he was a like into it and, and connecting with God through music must have been his thing but his face looked like he was going to die you know like he had this like ah, going on and, and I'm like there must be something special going on between him and God right there because uh, everyone else here is wondering if you need you know medical attention but uh, the, when, when these people were fasting what they were doing is worshiping God but Making sure everybody around them knew that they were having this radical... Ex- I don't think my friend was doing it. I don't think he was aware. Nobody was willing to tell him, all right? Um, but these guys were aware. And they were aware and they were trying to get people to notice. Look at me, I'm such a good worshiper. And this word disfigure, it actually means that they would have had, like, they would have had dirty faces. Okay, like they wouldn't have cleaned themselves. They would have been like, I'm fasting, it is so sad. I'm, I I'm not even washing my face, it is so sad. How repentant I am. It's just amazing how repentant I am. Please notice, follow my example, be like me. Which Jesus will get to in a little bit. He calls them twice the sons of hell that they are, but it is, it's pretty good. Um, they will receive their reward, Jesus says, because their goal is recognition. And God gives us what we want. And if you want to be recognized by others, God will let you be recognized by others. That's not the best way to live. That's not the way following Jesus, that's not what following Jesus looks like. But God will give you what you want. And if you want other people to notice how awesome you are at fasting, uh, disfigure your face, don't wash, don't comb your hair, come to church in mismatched clothes, people will say, what's wrong? And you'll be able to say, I'm fasting. And God will say, that's what you wanted. You're welcome. Right? Jesus says, don't be like that. He says, what you do, though, when you fast, verse 17, anoint your head and wash your face. This would be anointing your head with oil, all right? And this would be like normal personal hygiene in their day, how they would wash their hair. They didn't have head and shoulders or pantene or whatever. They just, they had these oils that they would put on themselves, on their skin and on their hair, on their scalp especially, uh, that, that you can Google this and find this stuff out. But uh, they would care for themselves with the products that they had available to them. And so Jesus is saying, anoint your head, wash your face, do the normal things, all right? This means um, shave, uh, wash your hair, Put on your makeup if that's applicable, all right? Um, do, like, put on clothes that match, all right? Do your shoes up, those kind of... Don't let anyone know you're fasting. Now, if you do some kind of radical fast uh, for 40 days or something like that, people who are close to you will probably notice, all right? Um, but if your goal is recognition, you'll get it. If your goal is 
fasting because that's how we develop a relationship with God, that's normal Christian living, then we do that in secret because normal Christian... And, and by secret, that we talked about this last week, it doesn't mean we hide it. It doesn't mean you lie about it. Are you fasting? No. No, 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 no. You know? This isn't Tooth Fairy Santa Claus stuff. It's, it's like, uh, we, we're, our Father who is in heaven sees what is done in the secret. And, and it means in the secret, like, of ourselves. All right? So your motivation needs to be true. There were extreme, extreme examples of people not telling other people they were fasting. There's an old, old, like, rabbinic story of a woman who actually was tortured in hell because she told people about her fasts. And so they had this, like, extreme legalistic approach to it where if, like how I just told you that I fast, um, then that would be condemnation because Jesus told me not to tell you. All right? Now, if my motivation was so that you would say, I am so glad I'm here today. I'm so glad I'm at the Grove Church because the pastor here has fasted four days this year. Not straight because that's too hard. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, if that's, that's not what we're going for here, you know, like that, um, and you just have to trust me, that's not my motivation. I'm not looking to impress you, uh, honestly, because I don't think it's that impressive. Um, but what God is saying is there's religious practice, giving, prayer, fasting. And you can do the right things, but you can do it for entirely the wrong reason, which eliminates the righteousness, which eliminates... Uh, what is pleasing to God and what is normal relationship to God. Okay? So, let's talk about fasting, alright? Uh, and this, is, this should be fun. Uh, this is going to be a theology of fasting. Now, what, um, here's what fasting is, okay? I'm going to save you some time. If you're not satisfied, this is a little book uh, called Fasting by a guy named Jensen Franklin. And if you hate reading, look at that. Little DVD where he reads the book to you, okay? Well, I'm sure it's, I haven't watched a DVD because I like reading, but uh, it's a little small group curriculum and stuff like that, so you can look at it. Uh, so, oh, sorry, Jensen Franklin, all right? Uh, fasting. Now, I need to, you need to pay attention to this. I have a code in the side of my book. It's a BT for bad theology. I wrote that several times in here, okay? Because Jensen Franklin is part of something called the Health, Wealth, and Prosperity Gospel, which is uh, sinfully wrong, okay? Um, but uh, he loves Jesus, and he's on our team. I just really disagree with some of his conclusions, okay? Uh, so if you think... Um, if, uh, okay, so... Uh, you know those guys on TV and they say, if you're really following God, you're going to have a new car, all right? I just don't know how they reconcile that with Paul. I mean, Paul started following Jesus and his life immediately got worse, okay? So, uh, I don't know. Uh, it really did. You can read the Bible. It immediately, he went blind first, uh, and then he, got his, he fasted for three days, and then he got his sight back, and then people wanted to kill him the rest of his life. Like, hey, follow Jesus, right? Uh, so I disagree with the health, wealth, prosperity gospel, but the people in our camp don't fast. So they can't write books about it. All right? We've just, in our camp, like conservative evangelicalism, we've just like erased this. Uh, we're not going to do this because this is actually like socially unnormal. And so we're not going to do this. Okay? Uh, Jensen Franklin loves Jesus like a crazy person. Uh, he and I disagree on what the result of that is. Except we're going to heaven. And hopefully we get to sit together um, because he has good stories. All right? So, uh, and honestly, so I, I want you to know that. I disagree. So don't read his book and then come say, James, I have this new theology. Don't do that that, okay? Um, but do read his book on fasting because it's really important. Here's what fasting is, alright? Um, fasting is 
uh, refraining or abstaining uh, from food uh, for a spiritual purpose. Okay? Now, some of you abstain or refrain from food uh, or from drinking, uh, like water uh, or anything, for different reasons. Okay? Body image reasons, uh, regular diets. Okay? Like if you're fasting as part of a diet, uh, that's not a spiritual fast. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Okay? That's called a diet. And in Jesus' day, they would say, "Um, can you explain that to me? Because they all lived in very low poverty levels and food wasn't as... We're extremely rich in our culture. All right? Like a diet doesn't work for the two billion people on earth who live on less than a dollar a day. All right? Um, So uh, those people don't go on diets. That's... Going on a diet is telling the world you're rich. So um, uh, this is not about being on a diet. This is about uh, uh, refraining from food or abstaining from food uh, because of a spiritual purpose. Okay. Now, we'll talk about types of fast in a second because I want to get that. But here's why we fast. We fast primarily because Jesus fasted. And if Jesus does things, we do things as followers of Jesus. And so the primary reason above everything else is that Jesus expected us to fast and he modeled fasting and so we fast. It's what we do. Before Jesus entered public ministry, uh, right after his baptism, God led him into fasting. And that's an important thing too. If you feel like, I'm going to fast to impress God, don't. Uh, but I bet if you pray about it, God will lead you into fasting, okay? Uh, which is what I believe has been happening to me over the past year. God will lead you into this. And so we fast because Jesus was led into the desert and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, right? Which is the, the classic 40, meaning that it was a number of completion. And so Jesus had this complete fast that he went on uh, where he apparently may have drank water, but he didn't eat while he was in the desert, all right? It may have been a cho- his choice. The scripture is kind of unclear as to whether it was his choice or not, all right? He may have been compelled to by God, uh, which if you're Jesus, that's a different kind a relationship. But here's theologically why we do this. And I have these six reasons that I want to talk about, okay? And you, you don't have to write these down. I'll make these available online later. Like, um, I'll, I'll put it on my blog. It'll go up later. Um, if you don't read my blog, um, you can find it. Search me. Uh, so, uh, don't search me. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> go to Albany Grove and there'll be a link there. Okay, let's do that. Don't search for me. You'll find... Oh. There's a lot of James Carmichaels in the world, and uh, we're not all good people. Um, (laughs) Number one, theologically, fasting impresses on us our need uh, for God and our dependence on God. Alright? Fasting impresses on us our need for God and our dependence on God. It lets us know who we serve. It defines that. Do we serve, uh, like, is the king of our life our stomach, or is the king of our life God? Alright? And, and you know, if it's terrible for everyone in my house when my stomach is empty, then the king of my house isn't me, it's my stomach. Alright? The king of my house isn't the peace of God, it's the peace of my stomach. Does that make sense? So if I'm aggravating everyone when I'm hungry, what I'm saying is, God here is right here. Alright? Uh, which is not what I want to communicate to myself or to my family. It defines who we serve. Uh, second, it gives us a focus and it gives us time for prayer. All right? If you're not eating, you have more time. Prep time. Now, if you have others in your family that are eating, you still would need to prep food for them and maybe that's even more aggravating, but maybe that drives you to prayer even more. All right? Some of us eat um, as we're going all the time. Right? You eat your breakfast in the car on your way to work. 
you eat your lunch at your desk and then you eat your dinner while you watch the news or DVR of the shows that you tape that day because it's 10 o'clock and you haven't eaten dinner yet. Um, that's Thursday for me. Um, but like this Thursday. <laughs> but uh, sometimes we're just go, 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 go. And maybe when we fast, we need to sit back and realize um, the way we're living our lives. Uh, three, it's a sacrificial symbol or a reminder, a reminder of our whole lives' commitment to God. It's a sacrifice, but it's a symbol. Because if we don't eat, we don't live. And it's, showing, it's, a, it's a way of communicating to God. Without you, I don't live. Alright? Uh, like, if you fasted forever, eventually you would no longer be. Right? Like, uh, if you don't eat, eventually you die. That's, it, it's like science. Uh, if you don't connect with God, eventually your spiritual life is dead. Alright? Four, it promotes discipline. It builds endurance against temptation and sin. A lot of people, like when I, if everyone in my house is suffering because my stomach is empty then I belong to my body. My body doesn't belong to me. Alright? Does that make sense? And this isn't some weird asceticism. Asceticism is like people who hurt themselves in order to uh, love Jesus more. If you watch like the Da Vinci Code movies, there was that priest who had that spike thing around his leg and he would tighten it so he felt pain, so he understood the pain of Jesus. Uh, that's asceticism. Alright? And, and this isn't I'm not preaching pain for, like it's not no pain, no gain. It, it really is promoting discipline because my body belongs to me, all right? I'm not driven by the urges of my body. My body does what I tell it to do. Um, well, not all the time. Sometimes I say, like, jump really high or run really far, and it doesn't. But um, <laughs> number five, uh, de it develops spiritual awareness. It really does. Sometimes you'll fast. And you'll start to notice, like nothing magic happens, but you start to notice the things that you're missing in your everyday life. You'll start to fast and you'll start to pray. And you'll start to see that God's been working around you, but you haven't noticed because you've been too busy serving King Stomach. You've been too busy rushing. You've been too busy focusing on all these other things uh, that sometimes when we fast, we're able to see God's working right in your life, just you haven't noticed because you're going so fast. Uh, and six, um, Fasting expresses an urgency in our prayers. It develops an understanding uh, that you have a certain amount of time here and then you're done. And you have a ministry that God has for you. Like if you're alive, then God has a purpose for you. And fasting reminds us that there's an urgency in that, in that purpose. You're here for a reason. And when you're done, God will call you home. And that's the way that will go. But if you're still here, then you still have a job to do. You still have a role to play. You still have dreams and hopes that God has for your life. So that's theologically. But practically, practically why we fast. And when you read the Bible, uh, we fast uh, in times of change, in times of emergency. Uh, we fast in preparation for something. Uh, this is why Jesus prayed before entering public ministry, or prayed and fasted in the desert before entering public ministry. Uh, Queen Esther fasted uh, during a national emergency when all the Jews were going to be killed in the book of Esther. Um, Paul fasted when he started following Jesus because of a massive change that was happening. All right? Peter fasted when he was leading the early church. Okay? Uh, we fasted times of change, preparation. It's part of repentance. Uh, and we fast in times of need. We fast uh, during um, almost crisis. 
but not always like a terrible crisis. Sometimes it's a self-initiated crisis. Uh, we, we fast. Sometimes we say we fast because we want to get God's attention. But I don't think that's the right way to look at it. Like we're not twisting God's arm. I think we fast because we already have God's attention. And we need to get ourselves into position where we can receive what God has for us. Here's what I mean. I have two kids, right? Six and nine. Uh, they're great. And I want them to have a great life. And I have things that I want to give them, right? Wisdom. Um, I have experiences that I want to give them. Uh, I have, you know, just things. And, and uh, I don't give them all to them right now. Because they aren't in a position where that would be beneficial to them, right? Like someday, I'm really excited to someday go and buy just a junk heap of a car with my son for him to drive, right? And he'll think it's awesome. Mine was a $100 Mercury Lynx, right? And I thought it was just amazing. And uh, I didn't have my license yet, but I lived in the country, so who cares, right? And, uh, but I'm, I'm really excited for that time. Now, we're not doing that right now. Because he would hurt himself if he got behind the wheel of a car, all right? We proved that at Costco yesterday. We let him drive the cart. But, um, <laughs> but uh, there is, I want to give to him, but I need to help him get into position where the things I give him will actually be beneficial to him. Do you catch that? He doesn't need to work himself to get in position. I need to help him get into position. And so fasting isn't something we do to impress God. Fasting is something that God has given us so that we can be in position and in the posture to receive everything that God has for us. And we have a God with unlimited resources who I frequently pray to and say, God, I want everything that you have. That sounds greedy, but that's what I want. I want everything that God has for me. I want to know God deeper and more wonderfully than, than I even dream possible. I want to know it. I want to experience it. I want to be with God. I want to have the life that God has for me. All of it. But I'm not in the position for that, which is why God hasn't given it. If you have a dream, like if God has given you a dream, and you need Him to accomplish this dream in order for you to experience this dream, then fasting and prayer is the path to experiencing the things that God has for you. And it's not twisting God's arm. It's not like, God, look what I did. Now, heap the blessings on me. Alright, that's the health, wealth, prosperity gospel. God, look what I did. Now you owe me. It's like a contractual thing. God doesn't owe you anything. He is already pouring those things out for you. But through prayer and fasting, we put ourselves in a place where we're able to experience the things that God has for us. If you have a ministry that you'd love to do, if you have an impact that you'd love to do, if you have an experience that you would love to experience, our reaction often is, well, let's see if we can get this in the budget, and, uh, and then we can see if we can make this happen. And when Jesus calls us to, is not to see if it fits in your budget, but to see if it fits in you in your spiritual life. And prayer and fasting develops us in a way that we can actually live in what God has for us. It actually, and you're going to think this is weird, but like, if you feel guilty or something like that, that's not what Jesus is talking about. 
Like we've talked about giving to the needy, prayer, and fasting. And if you feel like, oh, I need to do more of that, then you're missing what this is. Like if, you, if it makes you feel bad. Because those things actually make you feel better. Like there are health benefits to fasting. If you're pregnant, there's not health benefits. <laughs> okay, do you understand? Uh, so if you're in a healthy situation, uh, so don't start fasting if you have body issues or, or if you are pregnant or going through something, all right? Uh, that's not a good idea. But fasting, prayer, and giving to the needy are actually good for you, all right? Uh, it's not like it's a benefit for God. God doesn't need you to fast. He doesn't need you to pray. And if he wanted to give to the needy, he would do it. He lets you give to the needy because it's good for you. And so fasting is something. It's not like something that I'm trying to compel you into. It's a gift that God's trying to give you. And we don't hear him because we can't hear over our chewing. <laughs> Here's the types of fasting. Uh, Alright, I have a few minutes left. Good. Uh, types of fasting, and, and this, um, this is important stuff. First, there's an absolute fast. And here's why I'm telling you the types of fasting, because we're actually going to engage in fasting later. Um, absolute fasting. Absolute fasting, I don't encourage you to do this, unless if you're inexperienced. Absolute fasting is no food, no water, all right? I really don't encourage you to do that, especially for an extended period of time. Um, but this happens in the scripture. Esther called all of the Jewish people in the book of Esther uh, to a three-day, uh, no food, no water fast, all right? Uh, so productivity went down significantly. Uh, Paul, when he responded to Jesus uh, on that Damascus road, he didn't eat and he didn't drink for three days after that. All right, so it's, it happens in the scripture. It's a real thing. All right, I don't encourage you to do this. Um, uh, second, it's a normal fast, and I call this normal because this is normal. Okay, like that's an intentional word. A normal fast is going without food uh, but drinking water, or if you're doing a long fast, uh, sometimes people will drink like clear broths or clear juices and things like that to keep their strength up. Uh, we're not hermits, right? Uh, we don't live in a monastery. You have a job. Uh, some of you have physical jobs, all right? Uh, some of us have physical jobs or, or jobs where you have to be on the ball, you know, and it's a safety issue. Uh, or if you don't do the books right, uh, people go to jail, right? And so uh, if you did a 120-day fast and stopped functioning, um, that might not be what God's calling you to. All right? um, so, uh, so these fasts, though, and a normal fast is going without food uh, but drinking. All right? And this happens in the Scripture. Jesus did this. All right? Peter did this. Joshua did this. People did this. Some people do it for long periods of time. Some people do it for like three days. All right? Uh, some people do it for a day. Some people do it for 40 hours. That kind of thing. Um, there's a partial fast. A partial fast is, a is like what it says. It's a restriction uh, in part. So it's a restriction from certain foods. All right? Or certain times of the day eating. Uh, if you're familiar with like uh, the Islamic faith, uh, they have something they celebrate called... Ramadan, um, that is uh, fast during daylight hours. All right? I participated in that one year. I was praying for Muslims. I realized I had never prayed for Muslim people, uh, so I, I fasted during the day to remind me to pray because there's a lot of Muslim people on earth that I would like to know Jesus. And so I did this. Uh, I put on my blog that I, I just finished Ramadan, and someone from my church read it, and I uh, got called into an elder meeting. It was pretty awesome. I got asked if I was Islamic. So I'm like... 
I should have worded that differently. I apologize. So, uh, I'm not Islamic, but I, I fasted their fast to remind me to pray for them. And I did that for a, a 40 day or 30 day, whatever Ramadan is. And, and, uh, and, and I fasted during the day. So I ate before the sun came up and I ate afterwards and prayed for the Muslim world all day, which I think is a good response to our current culture. Um, uh, there's restrictions on food in Daniel chapter 10 uh, and in Daniel chapter 1. Uh, Daniel goes without meats uh, or sweet foods or wine, uh, which would have been like what we would call, like it would have been like us going without soda, all right? Um, and, and so in their day, that was the drink that you would drink if you were an adult. And so uh, Daniel goes without these things um, so that uh, as, as his fast, so he would eat fruits and vegetables, uh, maybe nuts or something like that. It's commonly called a Daniel fast, and you can look those things up. Uh, he did it for three weeks in, in uh, Daniel chapter 10. And you need to hear this. Daniel did this for three weeks in Daniel chapter 10, and then an angel showed up and started talking to him. All right? Uh, like, this is really crazy awesome spiritual stuff that is going on. Uh, and the, the, like... I don't know if you've ever thought, you know what I'd like to do? Talk to an angel, right? Well, humans have done that, all right? Normal humans who have a relationship with God, a normal relationship with God, in their time of fasting, all right? Um, so there's other stories in the Bible of angels showing up and actually beating guys up, though. So you might not want to... Uh, you need to check yourself before you say, hey, I'd like to talk to an angel. Um, you might want to uh, check yourself out. There are... Uh, the last thing, um, there are personal fasts and there's corporate fasts. Now what Jesus is talking about in our text today is personal fasting. But in their culture they had something called Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement and that's a corporate fast, a mandatory fast. Okay? Uh, this is... Um, so Jesus isn't saying don't fast as a group. Uh, there is after Manfest this year, our spring men's uh, weekend, um, we, I actually asked and there were several men who fasted with me as we were praying uh, for the service the next week because it was a special service that we were doing. That's, Jesus isn't condemning people fasting together. All right, He's condemning if they fast together and put it on a t-shirt uh, so that people will notice. Okay, uh, So uh, I'm going to ask you to fast. Uh, and that's really what we're going to ask you to do. But I want to tell you some things first. Uh, fasting requires action. Like it really, really actually requires you to do it. It's not something that you can do later, all right? Uh, it's not something, you, you know, when I'm less busy, I'm going to fast because uh, you're not going to be less busy. Ask someone who's older than you. They're just as busy. Um, it, if your fast is easy and it's meaningless, uh, then it's easy and meaningless to God. Does that make sense? Like if you give a gift to someone you love and that gift is meaningless, it's probably meaningless to the person receiving it too. And so when you're fasting, if you're like, uh, and I know people do this all the time, I'm going to fast from video games, right? I haven't played video games in, I don't know, a year, but I'm going to fast from them because uh, now I'm going to make it official. Or I'm going to fast tonight from about 10 p.m. till 4 a.m. because that's when I get up and need to eat. So, uh, all right, that, that's, that's pretty meaningless, <laughs> okay? So don't. Uh, if you're trying to trick God into thinking you're cool, uh, he already knows you're not. So um, if it's meaningless to you, it's meaningless to God. Uh, you need to be healthy. This isn't a diet, all right? Uh, this isn't a way that you solve personal body issues. This isn't uh, something you do if you're pregnant. Uh, again, you might fast. You might engage in the Daniel fast when I talked about that. You might think, I'm going to do that. 21 days, I'm going to read Daniel chapter 10, and I'm going to engage that. And it might just be awful, all right? 
Like heaven might not open and angels might not come to you. You might just have a terrible time. <laughs> Don't condemn yourself. All right? Or if you fast and the whole time all you're thinking about is lasagna, all right? That's experience. Um, that's not terrible. All right? Like don't think, ah, I'm no good at this. I'm not like, all right? Like if you've never fasted and you decide this week, say on Thursday, you're going to skip lunch and during your lunch break instead you're going to pray and you're going to pray uh, maybe for the people you know who don't know Jesus, maybe pray for people who are uh, in pain or maybe pray for our church, all right? And then all afternoon, your stomach hurts and you are not feeling like you're really that spiritual. Uh, then you have a misunderstanding of what spiritual is. Because we tend to think the spiritual is talking with angels. All right? But a lot of spiritual is just obedience and repentance. You obey God and you follow God right through the life that you are having to live. All right? Uh, so you might not have like a glow about your spiritual life. Um, but still, fast. Engage in it. Don't condemn yourself. All right? This is normal. It really is. Especially if you've never fasted. If you've never tried this, and then you fast. Say you fast for a whole day. All right? So you go to bed. You're not going to eat until the sun goes down the next night. Right? And the next night, you're making the food as the sun goes down. And you're watching. Right? You've looked it up on your phone. All right. One more minute till the sun is officially down. And then I'm eating all of that. Right? Um, that's okay. All right? Don't think that you're a terrible person. You're normal. And you're engaged in your relationship with God. God is really... The Bible teaches this. The Bible teaches that God is looking for worshipers. All right? Uh, like he's actually moving around uh, looking for people who are worshiping him. And he's not looking just for people who show up and sit in a chair. He's looking for people who are actively engaged and wanting to pursue. And what God is looking for, the reason he's looking, is because he has abundant resources and I don't mean like a blessing, like you're going to get more stuff. I mean, he wants to pour out what it means to know God on people. He wants to give that to you. And what he's looking for is people who are just completely in, who are sold out, who are engaged in what we call normal Christian life. Because a mediocre show up Christian life, well, the Bible says that might not actually be Christian life normal Christianity is complete abandonment of our cultural values and living according to what the scripture teaches. The scripture tells us what to do with our money, we do it. The scripture tells us how to pray, we do it. The scripture tells us to fast, we do it. And would we rather buy a boat on our bad days? Would we rather do it on our cell phone than not pray? Um, we would feel pretty good about ourselves if we could do that. And would we rather eat? Well, of course. Right? Jesus isn't saying fast because it's so dang fun. He's saying fast because God wants to give you the dream of his life for you. And we pray and we give to the needy and we fast in order to prepare ourselves for the great awesome, amazing things that God wants to do through us. So here's what I want you to do, for real. You've got a communication card in your bulletin, alright? And uh, I want you to open it up and I want you to write down what you're going to do. Alright? Uh, actually, not don't do that because I want to take your communication card. 
Uh, do that and write it down in your bulletin. And don't recycle your bulletin. All right? The earth can handle itself. Uh, so uh, write it down in your communication card. If you're going to engage in a fast this week, all right, uh, and what you're going to do, like write it down. And I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to give you a gold star. I'm going to pray for you, all right? And this, uh, we don't put it on the website. You don't get invited to a special fasters-only club, okay? Um, it is, you get absolutely no benefit for this. I won't think you're cooler than I already do. Um, but, uh, and you're at the Grove, so you're pretty cool. But... Um, <laughs> If uh, you want to engage in this with us as a group, like this is going to be a corporate thing, uh, we're going to fast this week. And uh, that might mean for you, I'm not going to eat dessert. That's like a partial fast, okay? Or that might mean on Tuesday and Thursday, I'm going to skip lunch. Or, uh, all right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Write down actually what you're going to do. And then write it down in your bulletin too and bring it home and stick that in your bathroom or on your desk so that you see it. Write it down so that we can share in this as a corporate. Put it on your communication card and put it in the offering can. And then bring it home for yourself as well. All right? uh, and I'll be fasting with you. And uh, we'll fast together. And seriously, uh, I have a list. And I've been preparing... And I have a list of things I'm fasting for. And uh, a list of people that I'm fasting for. And um, uh, they're rather aggressive prayers, all right? They're prayers with the word million on the end. Uh, and because of things that I want to do. Uh, and I don't mean for me. I want other people to get these things. And uh, I am going to aggressively chase after God because I demand uh, a lot of God. He's God after all and he can do it, right? Uh, so... Write it down on your communication card. Write it down in your bulletin. And uh, we're going to aggressively pursue God uh, this week together. We're going to come back together next week and worship together. And have had an experience of being in position where God can give us the things that he wants to give us. Okay? Let's pray together. Uh, you can continue writing down. Uh, just make it look like you're praying. And that's great. Jesus, um, I want to pray for your spirit's strength on us this week. Many of us in this room are, are committing to fasting and are feeling led by your spirit while I was talking about fasting. Feeling like, God, I want everything. Like, God, you've given me a dream or you've given me a, a promise of what my life will mean or what it will be for. And so we're going to engage in fasting in, in whatever way we do. Some of us may be experienced in this. Most of us aren't. Most of us think this sounds cruddy. But we really want all of you. And so God, I want to pray that your spirit would empower us this week. That fasting wouldn't be dismal for us, but fasting would be the most blessing in our week. That fasting would be the highlight of our week this week. Uh, that we would engage with you in a way that is uh, so much more meaningful than we've ever experienced before. And, and I almost want to say it like this, God, that you would engage with us in a way that we've never experienced you before. And I really honestly pray that for everyone here as we're engaging in fasting, as we're engaging in what it means to live with God. We're living outside of what a cultural norm is, but we're living inside of what a biblical norm is, what a biblical normal is. May you be glorified in our righteousness that is done together, but is done on a personal level. And may you open up heaven and give our church and give us everything that you dream of us having. By your grace we pray that. Amen.